All right, welcome folks to the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show here today on May 20th, uh, 2022. I'm Mike Adams, and I've got bombshell information for you today. I, I know the show you just watched was mind-blowing. I still have to go listen to that, all of it, and absorb it, and understand what's going on. This is also bombshell. We're going to be bringing in a guest, a J.R. Nyquist, an expert in, of course, uh, Chinese communism war posture, as well as Soviet war posturing from the USSR days. He's going to be joining us here in just a minute. We're going to be going through the ramifications of leaked audio that appears to be from top war generals or military leaders in China, who, according to the translation and transcripts that have been published, and I have been able to confirm that the transcription is correct because my wife is from Taiwan and speaks Chinese, so we've gone through it. Uh, we've done a lot of due diligence on this. But according to the information in that leaked audio, it appears that China is preparing for a, an invasion, a, uh, a naval invasion of something bigger than just Taiwan. And the analysis points to an impending invasion of the United States as the U.S. is weakened because the U.S. has been sending so much of its military equipment and anti-tank missile systems, artillery, and so on over to Ukraine for the Ukrainian theater of war. So we're going to cover that in great detail here today as soon as I bring in our guest for this hour, J.R. Nyquist. And believe me, one hour is not enough to cover this. There are some major ahas in this that I've got to bring you. But, but first, real quick, two very important points. The United States domestic economy is being turned into communism overnight. Command and control, centralized planned economies. Understand that two days ago, Biden invoked the Defense Production Act in order to seize control over food resources and redirect them to Abbott Laboratories in order to produce infant formula. The Defense Production Act is administered by FEMA. It is a 1950 Korean War era law. Basically, it means that there is a semi nationalization of domestic food supplies. And while the Defense Production Act was supposed to be used in wartime for critical infrastructure, for getting nuked or, you know, having massive earthquake wipeouts of cities, we're using it now for infant formula. It's a very dangerous precedent, and it means that as food scarcity increases in the months ahead, we're going to see the federal government decide who gets the food and who doesn't. And then secondly, yesterday, the U.S. House passed the anti-gouging law that's going to control fuel prices in the United States, which means that any time that Joe Biden decides fuel prices are too high, they can declare that the oil companies are, quote, price gouging the American people, and they can force prices lower, which will, of course, force scarcity and rationing of fuel across America. So in just two days this week, folks, we've seen the Biden regime for domestic food supplies, and begin fixing, which will mean rationing and scarcity of domestic fuel supplies. These are wartime efforts, wartime uh, overreaches of power that Biden is engaged in at the same time that China, as you'll hear shortly from our guest, J.R. Nyquist, stockpiling crops, uh, microchips, raw materials, ammunition, and other supplies in preparation for economy. So all the signs are pointing towards World War III. 
Now we bring in our guest, J.R. Nyquist, and uh, Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, can you just uh, chime in? Let's make sure your audio and video are all good here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, according to Dr. Uh, Li Meng Yan, the Central Military Commission of China held meetings during the first two weeks of this month. And on the 14th, someone recorded a 56-minute segment from a meeting and smuggled it out. And this is the, uh, the information you referred to. The meeting was about a war that is planned to begin before November 1st, 2022. They call it the final war. Uh, the Chinese, uh, these, this meeting is, was about the Chinese generals for one province, Guangdong. They've been instructed to load 957 merchant ships with weapons and war supplies. Many of the ships have to be reconfigured for military hardware. They're giving the generals uh, 30 to 45 days to complete the process of loading the ships. Um, they are also going to be seizing 19 to 20 civilian airports in Guangdong. Uh, the mobilization process is, of course, occurring in all of China's coastal provinces and, and almost certainly in all of China's provinces. Um, regarding the Taiwan strategic direction that they refer to, um, the CCP has 160 to 193 uh, party branches in Taiwan, and they are going to begin an intensive propaganda and agitation in Taiwan uh, to, uh, of course, encourage the island to surrender. Um, China has also been using Huawei to steal data for some kind of cyber attack. They're going to probably turn off the, try to turn off the electricity in Taiwan. This map that you're showing now is the first in, uh, an illustration of the first and second island chains. These are conceived as the defensive barriers that the Chinese Navy must break through. The, um, they, they discuss using DF-41 strategic rockets against the United States, against the mainland. Those are strategic nuclear rockets. They also discuss using rockets to break the first island chain and go beyond. Um, so, so we're not just talking about a war against Taiwan. We're talking about a world war in which the United States is the, the real main target. Um, this, J Jeffrey, let's, let's yeah. back up just a little bit before we get into all the details of this. I mean, you're absolutely correct in what you just stated. However, let's, let's set the big picture for this because it appears that Russia and China have planned together to take out their common enemy, which is the United States. I'd like you to speak to that, but also before that, I just want to mention that Russia's operation in Ukraine, in the context of a larger global theater of war, appears to be a fixing operation to cause Western nations, including Canada, the United States, and NATO nations, to overcommit their military resources to the Ukrainian theater of war, thereby leaving their domestic situation very vulnerable to an attack from in the United States, from the West Coast uh, via China, because we've sent, for example, most of our anti-tank weapons into Ukraine, and we do not have the ability to manufacture javelins uh, at any real pace. I think a thousand a year is all that Raytheon and Lockheed Martin can currently manufacture, and we have a supply chain problem. So go ahead and speak to that, Russia and China yeah, working together on this, gonna, please. I mean, the defense contractors are saying on a lot of these weapon systems we're sending to Ukraine that it's going to take them two years to double their production. Well, they've already used, they've already sent to the Ukrainian theater four years worth of production. 
you know, is what I've been told. Um, I may have the numbers, you know, depends on the weapon system you're talking about. Canada has stripped a lot of its military units of certain capabilities because they've sent things to Ukraine. We've also got 110,000 troops positioned in Eastern Europe. So we're in an East European facing situation. And here the Chinese are preparing this blindside attack, which and to me, the idea that they're going to send DF-41, that's their strategic rockets against America, means they're going to strike us. And the only weapons, if they hit the right targets, the only weapons we're going to have to fight this war are the weapons we already have. And if we've shipped a lot of those overseas to Eastern Europe, we're not going to have them for ourselves. Now, I've, you're exactly right. I, for those listening, I've just published a story with some of the highlights of this on naturalnews.com. It just went live right before the show. So I'm pulling out highlights and also citing the documents, the, the translation from this leaked audio. One of the things that really struck me about this, Jeffrey, and I'd like to get your comments on this, is the mention of cyber warfare as well as satellite uh, space weapons warfare and then also the activation of civilians who, uh, CCP civilians who are embedded in governments and corporations around the world that China says must be recruited to aid the war effort at that time. We've only got a few seconds, Jeffrey. Go ahead. Yeah, massive spying, massive infiltration all over our systems, and they're going to be engaged in this too. You got a fifth column going on. And uh, as far as Russia goes, yeah, Russia's bragging they're going to own all of Europe, all the way up to, to Portugal and Spain. So this can only happen given the conventional failure of the right, Russian military. Jeffrey, we're going to go to break. Uh, stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with J.R. Nyquist right after this break. Much more straight ahead. All right, welcome back, folks, to the fourth hour of The Alex Jones Show. Today, I'm Mike Adams filling in here with my special guest, J.R. Nyquist, who is an expert on the military posturing of communist nations such as modern-day China and also the former Soviet Union. He keeps well-informed of what's happening with Russia as well. Now, as he just mentioned right before we went to break, it looks like Russia and China have teamed up to try to take out their common enemy, the United States, Russia believes it's going to be able to push successfully westward to attack Poland and continue its expansion of the former Soviet Union beyond the old borders of the USSR and actually conquer much of Western Europe while China conquers the United States of America. Essentially, their posture has been to exterminate every last North American citizen and then to seize America's farmland in order to grow crops more successfully to feed the expanding global Chinese, well, CCP regime because they're having so many crop failures due to uh, flooding and simply just a lack of available farmland that is reliable season after season in mainland China. So, uh, uh, Jeffrey, thank you again. Welcome back to the show. Can you give out your uh, your website, by the way, your blog site where people can find you, too? Yeah, it's jrnyquist.blog. That's jrnyquist.blog. Okay, great. jrnyquist.blog. So go ahead with your analysis of, of what I just said, the global war to eliminate Western Europe and also the United States. Yeah, let me give people a data point they can all check out. Um, you notice that the Russian invasion of Ukraine is given the designation Z. Note that Z is the final letter in the alphabet. And the Chinese are calling their operation the final war. So there is a correlation here between the concept of final, the letter Z. I just want people to note that. Well, well yes, and, and one other thing is that in that leaked audio from the transcript, uh, Chinese war leaders 
specifically referred to the way that NATO and the United States committed economic sanctions or acts of war against Russia and that China was taking specific steps to shore up their domestic supply chains in anticipation of the United States trying to uh, economically isolate them. So isn't that another data point that proves China is anticipating a war with the West? Yeah, and that China and Russia have both been stockpiling strategic resources, not just gold in terms of currency, but also China's been uh, stockpiling food, massive amounts of food, like 67% of the global food storage. Uh, you also have, um, in terms of uh, China's reason for going to war, uh, what Dr. Uh, Li Meng has said is that their reason for going to war is that they entered into their collaboration and their trade relationship with the United States based on the one China policy that we recognize there's only one China. And they're claiming that because we want to defend Taiwan, we're going against that and we're basically committing we're violating the relationship and we're committing, in effect, a, a sort of an act of aggression by leveraging Taiwan against China. Do you believe that the United States State Department will officially declare that it's uh, shifting recognition to Taiwan from China or that it will declare that Taiwan is an independent nation that the U.S. recognizes? Is that kind of announcement imminent in your view? I don't think so, although it could happen. Um, I think that the Chinese are just regarding our military support, what we're doing to make Taiwan into a porcupine, quote unquote, we're, we're trying to make Taiwan defensible, we're trying to protect it. The Japanese have declared that uh, Taiwan is a vital interest of Japan, uh, if only to, to help our Japanese allies, we have to help Taiwan. Um, and so there's this, uh, all this talk in the United States, especially over the last year, about how do we defend Taiwan against China. As China started to make moves in 2020, uh, military buildup uh, opposite the Taiwan Straits as if they're going to invade Taiwan. But Taiwan, of course, uh, is, is just one of many factors there. We also have Japan, which is getting very nervous anytime China talks about uh, expansionist activity. Uh, Japan facing its own financial catastrophe due to the massive money printing of the uh, Japanese central bank there and the, the uh, potential collapse of the yen. Uh, but we've also got India, we've got the Philippines, we've got South Korea. You know, how does China think, in your view, that they're going to get away with uh, such an aggressive assault against the United States without suffering the retaliation of nations closer to China's own shores? I think that if you if you've noticed how the uh, energy constriction of energy supplies that the Russians, uh, with their allies in Venezuela and Iran, have conducted, the uh, Houthi missile strikes against the Ramco facilities in Saudi Arabia, and the impending war between Israel and Iran, you're going to find the Persian Gulf is going to be shut down shortly. And Japan has stated that it cannot withstand even the minor uh, shutoff of buying uh, uh, energy supplies like diesel fuel from Russia or and so on. Uh, Japan's economy, Japan is just too energy dependent. Japan does not produce a lick of oil in all of her islands. She has to import 100%. And that is very difficult. And if there's a war in the South China Sea, almost all of China's um, uh, tr shipping, uh, especially her shipping of oil, most of it comes through the South China Sea. If that sea is interdicted by a war, how is Japan going to get its oil. 
How is Japan going to okay. even continue to run? So it seems like what you're hinting at here is that we are now entering the commodities-based new world order, so to speak, where Russia and China have a very key advantage in that area. Russia producing so much oil and also having a bumper crop of wheat this year, reportedly. Russia producing minerals and exporting a fertilizer, for example. China now serving as the industrial hub of the world, a role that the United States played in World War II, which allowed the U.S. to outproduce the Axis forces of the Third Reich so that the Allied forces could have enough equipment to go ahead and defeat the Third Reich. But now China has that advantage, while the U.S. manufactures relatively little. So it seems like, I mean, in your assessment, I know you're not in favor of them winning, but doesn't it seem like they have real strategic advantages right now in terms of commodities and industrial output? They have uh, so con conceived their policies that they have set this situation up that we have transfer transferred much of our industrial base to China because their labor was cheaper and we didn't want the cost, the environmental cost of producing many of those things here. The Chinese were willing to bear that cost. And so China got the benefit of that and they used the money to build up their military. They have the largest navy in the world right now. They have the largest industrial base in the world right now. Russia has a huge raw material base, a huge military technical base. Russia has the precision nuclear missile forces. Whatever we think of their land forces and their obsolete doctrine and tactics, their missile forces are state-of-the-art. They're 30 years ahead of us, the Russians, in, in missile, nuclear weapon and missile technology. The Chinese have been helped by the Russians. So you got China, North Korea, and Russia. They are using food and oil as weapons. They're using their fifth columns here in the U.S. and the West as weapons. And they will, when they unleash this war, it will be nuclear. And it's already, I believe, biological. We know right, Jeffrey, where the COVID-19 came stay from. Stay with us. Yeah. Stand by. we got to go to a break again. We'll be back with more with J.R. Nyquist and global warfare that's coming. Stay tuned. All right, we're back with J.R. Nyquist talking about the leaked audio out of China that appears to indicate preparations for a large-scale land invasion of the United States that could be taking place this year unless it is stopped. Uh, we're going to bring in Jeffrey here for, for more details about that, including the staging of equipment caches, uniforms, and uh, RPGs and artillery across the United States. Just want to let you know, I've just released a new free audiobook that I think will help save lives. It's called Resilient Prepping. You can download it for free. I think it'll help a lot of InfoWars listeners and just download the MP3 files. Just go to resilientprepping.com. You can get that audiobook. It's about 12 hours. If you want to listen to me for 12 hours, talk about how to survive without electricity, how to survive without combustion engines, how to survive the total collapse of Western civilization, because that may be indeed where things are headed if we don't get saner people in charge. Hey, why don't we put the real president back in the Oval Office, which would be Trump? And I think China would back off, by the way. That's just my opinion. But uh, Jeffrey, uh, talk to us about the staging of equipment that's taken place across the United States by both Russia and China, sort of pre-staging the battlefield in preparation for activation of domestic units that are already in the United States. Jeffrey, you might be muted. 
At least I'm not getting audio. I'm sorry, sorry about that. Okay, um, go ahead. We saw in March of in late March 2020, we saw the United States put its nuclear war command staff deep underground. This was the first sign that the United States may have understood the releasing of the virus as part of the beginning of a war. There's been a lot of very interesting changes and adaptations and notices in the U.S. military. Um, my guess is, and you talk about the food situation, about the, what the U.S. government is doing, uh, they, these, are, these are things you do in advance of a nuclear war. I just wanted to point out, and um, it's pretty serious. If DF-41 warheads missiles are coming towards us, uh, this country is going to get hit pretty hard. And uh, there's, it's going to be, um, the government's got to try to do the best it can to defend. And of course, I don't trust the Biden administration one iota. Uh, the Marxism of some of those people in the Justice Department and administration, I see no difference between that and the Marxists who rule China. Marxism is a toxic, poisonous, totalitarian ideology, and we've let it go very far in our own country. And this is a very bad position when you have a potential fifth column in your country to be involved in a world war. Very dangerous. Well, and I've never mentioned this here on the Alex Jones show before. I sort of brought it up. I'll go ahead. Uh, I know with certainty, because I'm in the food industry business, that the State Department has forced major storable food manufacturers in America to divert 100% of their output to the State Department while signing agreements that mean they cannot disclose this fact to their own customers. So it's not just the Defense Production Act that's been used for infant formula. It's being used right now for preparedness and long-term storable food that is going into the underground bunkers and underground tunnels and military bases all across America. That, and that's been going on for more than six months, by the way. You can imagine if we have this intelligence now from Chinese sources, uh, Chinese people who are openly leaking it to us now, you can imagine how much sooner the U.S. government would be onto this. Um, look, uh, you cannot, a country with 1.4 billion people preparing for war, it's like turning the Titanic. Everybody's seeing this turn. They shut their ports. They lock their population down. They're turning their factories from making the stuff at Walmart to making war materials. Look, Walmart in the southeast, I heard from a, an, another uh researcher that Walmart is preparing to close a lot of its stores. Why? Nothing is going to be coming from China. Don't expect well, your orders from China to come through. Look at the baby formula from China. Yeah, but you just mentioned something really important, that the, the lockdowns of Shanghai, especially, that, that those, the shutdowns which were blamed on COVID, which I never believed that excuse, that was insane. You don't, you don't lock down 26 million people because 20 people test positive on a PCR test. That was a cover story. Million people. They've locked down 280 million people. It's not just Shanghai. It's many places in China. That's right. But, but the lockdowns yeah. are a cover story for their wartime preparations and use of the ports to load uh, ships and, and, and seafaring vessels with military supplies, correct? Would you agree with that assessment? It, it, is, it is partly that, but it is, they're moving to war footing. And they've got so many people, they have to sift their population. They're executing people. They're liquidating people. They're looking at people who are unreliable. And they're saying, we, we don't need these people. 
they're sending people to labor camps. They're, they're, they're figuring out who's loyal, who's naughty and nice, so to speak, as they go to war. And they're making sure that the whole country is under very strict military uh, control. So it's about establishing military-type control over the country. That's what it's really about. You're exactly right. I saw in the transcript of the leaked audio, they specifically mentioned special operations, Chinese military forces, to be able to put down uprisings that they expect to take place in Guangzhou and Shenzhen, uh, two of the mega cities in China that are fairly close to, to Hong Kong in that area. But even China is expecting massive civil unrest in their own country as they wage war against the rest of the world. Yeah, China is extremely vulnerable to that. Uh, one of the reasons is they've just shut off their economy. They have shut off, They look at all the money that they've made selling things abroad. They're closing their ports. Why? Because they can't conduct normal trade with the rest of the world when there's a war in the, in the ocean right outside their country. They can't do that. So they are shutting down their economy. That means no money. That means no salaries. What do they tell people? You have no money. Here's your food ration. Here you have to go to work here. They have to establish extremely strict control to get people to work basically as slaves because it's a war emergency. You have to obey the Communist Party. We're going to war against America. The Communist Party is the only thing that can save us. By the way, we've even heard policemen on the streets of Shanghai saying this to people. You must obey we're going, don't you know we're going to war with America, the Communist Party, you have to obey their rules. This is all part of the transition to a, to a wartime China. Yeah, the, the creepy little robot dogs walking around saying, uh, you know, give up all your dreams of freedom, and things like that. I mean, pure, pure China. But, you know, we, we've also seen that in addition to converting over to wartime preparations, China is engaged in currency wars. They appear to be dumping the dollar and stocking up on other global currencies. They appear to be uh, ditching anything related to treasuries or things that would be affected by the collapse of the dollar. And from other sources I've interviewed, it is believed that China and Russia and some other nations are going to launch a digital currency backed by commodities in order to take down the dollar and weaken the United States in preparation for the invasion, thereby depriving the U.S. of the ability to print its way to more manufacturing of more military defense equipment. What, what would you think of that? Yeah, of course, they want to prevent us from reorganizing our uh, industrial base of rebuilding and reconstituting our production. After all, if you're going to bomb and invade North America, you have to prevent North America from having the wherewithal to defend itself. So the nuclear bombs, you know, are not enough. They can destroy a lot of things, but there's tremendous potential. You have hundreds of millions of people in a huge continental area with large resources. They're going to be able to reconstitute forces. You look at Ukraine, tiny Ukraine, you know, tiny in terms of economic resources, what they were able to do, the devastating loss of Russian forces to repel an attack. Imagine trying to invade North America, even with nuclear strikes. I was told by well, uh, a Russian military defector, this is not an easy thing. But, but just to jump in, Ukraine had the benefit of all of this free money coming from the West, whereas when the West is attacked, where's the money going to come from to bail out America? And if the money printing machine no longer functions because, well, we printed too many trillions, and then the world repudiates the petrodollar status, the, the U.S. collapses almost even without an invasion, it seems. We, we got to go to a break, uh, uh, Jeffrey. Sorry to 
to stump you with that right before the break, but we're going to do one more break and then we'll come back. I'd like your answer to, to that, or you could bring in something else. You're watching the Alex Jones Show, fourth hour here on Infowars.com. We'll be right back with J.R. Nyquist after this. All right, and we're back for the final segment here today on the Alex Jones Show. I'm Mike Adams, joined by J.R. Nyquist. And I also want to give credit to Jennifer Dung, who published the full transcript of this leaked audio that we're talking about today. Her website is Jennifer Dung, which is Z-E-N-G. So just Jennifer Z-E-N-G blog.com brings up her website and the full transcript so you can read it yourself. The English translation is a little clunky, but it's, it's very, I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely useful nonetheless. Also, uh, Jeffrey, I understand you are talking with Dr. Yen Li Mong. Um, I'm slated to interview both of you next week with more details about this. Do, in your opinion, does Dr. Yen, does she believe in the authenticity of this recording? I mean, I guess we can ask her next week, but... How is this being authenticated, or is there some outlier possibility that this audio is some kind of a war game simulation of some kind? No, it's not a simulation. Um, I, I mean, I'm working with other people. Uh, the One of the main speakers in it is a uh, commissar, uh, Wang uh, Xu Jin. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a voice recognition on that person. But uh, one uh, analyst who speaks Mandarin who looked at it said, who's familiar with these kind of meetings, said that they recognize some of the voices. And so it's, uh, I think, I, I think, you know, it, this is all things that I've expected to see. I mean, I think I've told you Colonel Stanislav Lunev, I know for many years he passed away in 2020. He was the highest ranking defector from the GRU. He spoke fluent Mandarin. And he told me about this long range plan between Russia and China to invade North America, to bomb us, to take us over. And uh, when you look at some of the Chinese documents, like the secret speech of Qi Hao Chen, you see this is confirmed again and again, year after year. Um, and now we're getting these sources out of China saying, yeah, they're doing it and they're doing it now. So this is not a surprise to me. I've been trying to warn people and tell people about this for quite a while. Why the timing of, uh, I've heard you mention sometime around November 1st. Now, obviously, it's convenient for Democrats if they don't have to face midterm elections because we're in battle with China, right? Because the Democrats are going to get politically wiped out probably in the midterms. But where does this date come from, by the way? Well, this is uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Lee Meng's sources that the, uh, this is the latest date that they want to start the war. Uh, this probably, uh, they probably have a window like from late June all the way up to November 1st, but they want to get it to happen sometime in there. I suspect it has to do with economic military factors and their allies, Iran. And China, remember, Iran is is about to get nuclear weapons. Uh, a lot of people think that Israel is going to strike Iran uh, maybe in a few days or a few weeks because Iran is that close to getting nuclear weapons. And the Israelis have said that they will strike to prevent that. So that's a war that lights up the Middle East. We've got a war in Ukraine already started. Uh, some of Putin's friends have been hinting that they think Putin might use nuclear weapons at any time. Um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in our lifetimes. I mean, this is this is really serious. Absolutely it is, and that's why I appreciate you coming on today, and we, we need to continue this conversation as well. But 
Isn't China committing its own economic suicide, though, if it declares war on the West because the U.S. is the primary buyer of uh, manufactured goods from China, uh, as well as Western Europe is, is, I think, the second largest buyer from China or, or roughly thereabouts. So is this part of why China is preparing to convert its economy over to wartime? So I notice in the transcript, they are citing their success during the COVID lockdowns of being able to effectively enforce a police state over the people of China. Like they, they say, oh, we did such a great job there. Now we can do it during the war. Yeah, of course. Uh, you could look at it as a test. Uh, look, uh, they have an enormous population. They have an enormous problem. And you know that their economy was going to take a hit. Uh, I've talked to Wall Street uh, bankers, economists, and people of that sorts over the last several months. And uh, I've been told that uh, the Chinese economy was expected to collapse this year. I mean, one Wall Street banker said by the end of June, uh, 2022 expect the Chinese economy to flatline. Well, if they turn their economy over to a war economy, they don't. They don't not operating a normal consumer, you know, normal economy. They're in war communism, and their people aren't receiving salaries. They're just working for food, and so that's the kind of emergency state that China is now moving into. Now, one of the key questions that people will be asking in hearing this, and I spoke with you privately yesterday, I asked you the same question. Why wouldn't the United States Navy just start striking all of these cargo ships and, and vessels as they're steaming towards the west coast of the United States? You, you explained that to me yesterday, but can you share it with the audience? Well, of course, we would be then guilty of launching a surprise attack on China. We'd be attacking civilian ships. The other thing is that there's just too darn many ships. Look, if they're loading 957 ships in Guangdong and their seven coastal provinces, we could be looking at 5,000 ships. There's not enough torpedoes and missiles in the American fleet to sink that many merchant ships. Besides, we, we got to save our ordnance for the chi for the 350, 60 Chinese warships. We can't be using all our ordnance on those things. Right. So you're saying the, the initial plan is to bring in troops and equipment disguised as merchant ships. Well, the yeah, first of wave course. Um, to yeah. Uh, yeah, Colonel Luna have emphasized this, that all the planning about World War III with invading North America is based on Operation Vezerebung, which is the German invasion of Norway in World War II. And the Germans, while they were at peace with Norway, sent merchant ships, not in a giant fleet, but one by one, singly. And they, were, they, they got right past the British Navy, actually. And they docked right in the Norwegian ports, and the troops and the equipment got out. And they seized the ports, and they did the same thing with airfields and air transport planes, brought in mountain troops, paratroopers, um, and they invaded the country directly. So the very first, you know, we've got Chinese ships coming and docking in our ports all the time. What, are we going to open fire on a ship that's loaded with stuff for, uh, you know, your local store? No, nobody's going to do that. Um, so they'll, some fraction of the ships will be forwarded to, well, and even Mexico. Ensenada, Mexico is a port controlled by the Chinese. They could start offloading things in Ensenada, Mexico. They could be offloading things right now in Ensenada, Mexico. They could be offloading in Vancouver, Canada, or be prepared. Um, if they get that initial, those initial people in there, they can fly more people, and after they sweep the Navy with missile attacks using hypersonic missiles, using nuclear warheads, they can clear the first and second island chain 
they can break through and send the rest of the ships on to the West Coast. So when you say nuclear warheads, are you talking about tactical battlefield nukes on short-range rockets or, or ICBM to there? Both. Both. You would be using oh. both. Okay, so that's, that's yeah. pretty frightening because it seems like the, the likely targets would be, for example, National Guard bases in California, Oregon, and Washington. Would they not? I mean, that, that seems like the most obvious targets Strategic to start with. Targets, uh, the first and primary targets, command con and control, um, uh, uh, strategic nuclear missile uh, silos, uh, strategic SAC bases, strategic command bases, um, like Bremerton, Washington, you have the, uh, for the boomer, the boomer bases, the submarine bunkers, there's some under the Oakland Bay Bridge in the San Francisco Bay. Uh, you've got a San Diego uh, Harbor where they usually have a carrier or two laid up. So uh, Pearl Harbor, you know, so it's it's Pearl Harbor on a massive scale because, uh, look, you, you have a, a submarine submerged off the coast of California. It could send cruise missiles with tactical nuclear warheads. They could send a strategic nuclear warhead. I mean, the DF-41, I think it has a speed of Mach 25. So wow. what's going right. to stop There's that? There's no stopping you know, that, right. ICBMs can't be stopped by any of our ballistic, anti-ballistic missiles. I mean, maybe a slow... North Korean missile, but we're not going to stop this. You know, I mean, that's no. you're and you're done. Jeffrey, we've only scratched the surface here. I want to make sure people follow up on your work. JRNyquist.blog is your website. Uh, also, a programming note: I'm going to be interviewing you next week uh, on uh, for for my channel. I would also like to ask the Infowars producers if I can have you back on Infowars sometime next week if there's a slot that is available. And and if you're available, I'd like to bring you back. This is extremely important, and folks, as we're wrapping up this segment today, I want to urge you, support InfoWarsStore.com. Support this network, because otherwise, we can't bring you this critical information, these amazing guests, this analysis that you're not going to get anywhere else, especially not from the State Department or from the Biden regime itself. So InfoWarsStore.com, get prepared, and if you're in a city in California, think hard about whether you want to be there when the bombs start raining down from China. Relocate while you can. I'm Mike Adams. Thank you for watching today, everybody. God bless and take care.